Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, once again, no sponsorship, no uh, no real recommendation. Once again, we're, we decided all month long we're going to do it. Just um, the links that we're going to provide in the episode and down at the bottom for both uh, Facebook and Instagram pages just to help out the Ukrainian people and make sure that everything's a little bit easier for them. Oh no, oh no. After all, murder is or should be an art. Not one of the seven lively, perhaps, but an art nevertheless. And as such, the privilege of committing it should be reserved for those few who are really superior individuals. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast in which Frank murdered me with a rope and hid me in a chest for an entire hour. I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And we're here to discuss rope. Let me just say, real quick, I've seen this movie twice now. Mm -hmm. I love this film. I think this is a solid Alfred Hitchcock film. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm sure we'll get into it. We will. I'm going to give you the stuff then. <laughs> All right. So, Rope came out in 1948, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. You have like seven people in this film, um, and that's really it. You have James Stewart, who plays Rupert Cadell, who I guess is, like, as I was kind of looking through, he is kind of like Alfred Hitchcock's guy. Yep. Like, he's in, like, most of his films. Yeah. Except for Psycho. Uh, you no, have... he was the knife. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I completely forgot. Or the mother. <laughs> the skeleton mother. Uh, but anyways, you have John Dahl who plays Brandon. You have Farley Granger who plays Philip. Dick Hogan who plays David Kentley. Joan Chandler who plays Janet. Douglas Dick who plays Kenneth. <laughs> A oh, lot of I... dicks in this. <laughs> oh, the dick. <laughs> Constance Coiler who plays Mrs. Atwater. Cedric Hartwick, who plays Mr. Kentley, and then Edith Everson, who plays Mrs. Wilson. And that's your entire cast. If you don't know what this film is, well, realistically, Rope is a story about two men attempting to prove they committed the perfect crime by hosting a dinner party after strangling their former classmate to death. And that's that's it. <laughs> what did you think about this film? Um... I like this movie, right? Yeah, I I didn't I didn't like fall love, like love head it. over heels in, mm-hmm. into this movie, um, but I did like it. Uh, I think it's got a lot. I think it's got a lot for like the '40s that could easily have been something going on right now. Yeah. Um, specifically, the main thing that I loved about this film that I didn't realize in the first time watching it is this film is basically one continuous shot. Yeah, it's all it's filmed to be one continuous shot. Yeah. And I love that. I think yeah. that's a very interesting way to do it, um, especially for Hitchcock. Just He he always kind of like reimagined things and like tried to do something a little bit differently. Yeah, I mean, this movie is actually like kind of groundbreaking with the like the one continuous shot. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to call it a gimmick, but yeah, kind of a gimmick. <laughs> um, obviously, like nowadays it would be a gimmick. Well, I mean, even movies today still kind of do it like 1917 did it. Um, mm-hmm. And that went over very, very well. Birdman. Uh, Birdman is also really well, pretty much one continuous shot. Um, but yeah, this movie obviously it's you know um for the time like there it's a product of you know its own time so like some of the edits you can really see oh yeah uh which is fine um but they're also in between the edits for the most part you can really see like these really really just long takes Mm -hmm. like they're just going on like the dialogue is just going on and these guys are just you know talking and talking and talking and they're really really long takes so everybody has to kind of be on their a game yeah like it really does feel where it's more like like it kind of gives you the sense where it's just 
people at a party. Right. Like, just having normal conversations. Yeah. The plot of this movie is fucking crazy. Yeah. I, I really like the idea that it's a murder mystery film that tells you who the murderers are in the first minute. See, that's the thing that I'm, I I don't know if I love it or hate it about mm. that. But the plot, before we get into that, mm-hmm. the plot of this movie is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, the movie itself isn't really that insane, but the idea and the concept sounds really fucking yes. crazy. Basically, you have these two guys who murder their classmate and then purposefully invite all of his friends and mm-hmm. family over to then hide his body inside of like a little a chest yeah. that's that they are going to leave in the middle of the room where the party is being held mm-hmm. and then they're going to like use that chest as like you know, ambiance basically well that and they're using it as a table so everyone's getting their food and mm-hmm. wine off of it and then they're all just sitting in the same room with this dead body and they're all wondering where you know, their son is or yeah, where, where David's is. at. And the idea of that is crazy. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is your two lead characters. Well, really your one lead character. Yeah. Cause is, honestly, Philip is like, he doesn't have the balls. Phillip, for this. Yeah. 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 Um, Brandon. Yeah. Brandon is like basically just trying to prove that they're better than everybody in the room. Yeah. It's like they're, that they're more intelligent and that they're, that they just, that they literally committed the perfect crime and nobody will ever know. Even though like almost from the beginning, Mm -hmm. it starts falling apart very quickly. Oh yeah. Because Philip can't hold his shit together. Yeah. But yeah, it is kind of like this weird social experiment to see like, Oh, can I get away with this? Right. And I mean, I mentioned again too, like the idea of like the murder happening, like right in the beginning and like you know exactly who to me that was like a very interesting thing for it, it is it's 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 kind of it makes me wonder because mm. obviously there's not there's now not a time in which i have seen this film and i don't know that they are the killers yeah but it makes me wonder how i would have viewed it if they did not show the murder in the beginning and you are then just seeing you know the reveal at the end is oh my god they actually did mm-hmm. they they killed him I wonder how I wonder how I would have felt. I feel like we still could have pieced together that Brandon was the killer. For sure. He's way too like overly charming yeah. to not be the murderer. Yeah. And then if anything we would have suspected like oh Philip saw it and then just like can't say anything. Right. We did, we probably wouldn't have been like oh he's also involved in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh that this movie does a lot with a little though. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the fact that like you really have just as the setting like two separate rooms you have like the main room where like they murdered where they're having the dinner party and then they have like basically the kitchen entrance to the the apartment area which is just where like everybody starts coming in yeah and i like the idea of that because it's like you're you're mainly in the room where the murder happened where the party is taking place and it subconsciously gives you like this idea where it's like even if there's regular dialogue going on, even if, like, there's, like, a side story going on with, like, Janet and, uh, what's his face? Um. David? No, David was the dead guy. Uh, was David the dead guy? Yeah. I, no, guess I, don't th- I thought David was the guy that came in and was like, oh, I don't want to. No, David's the guy that said, I must have not put him in. Whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, the other guy, like the. Kenneth. The... Yes, Kenneth. Kenneth, that's who I thought yes. David was. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Kenneth. Said, no, David's the dead guy. <laughs> He's the dead one. <laughs> um, but like the, even the side story with like Kenneth and Janet, like you're you're listening to that. You're getting like the side story, but you're always in the back of your mind reminded 
three feet away from them is a dead guy in a chest. Yeah. So I really like that idea where it's like you're you're just stuck with that. Like no matter what's going on in the room, there's still this ominous plot of there's the murdered victim in the chest right yeah. in front of them. I don't know. I've never been around a dead body or around anybody who's died like recently. Mm-hmm. But apparently you release all your bowels when you die. Yeah, that's what I heard. So I, I wonder if like he just shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, mm, hmm, what's that? Uh, well, nobody touched my turkey. <laughs> well, yeah, Mrs. Wilson, because your turkey smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> or just like, like there's just a moment of silence and all you just hear is, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, huh? <laughs> Mrs. Atwater's like, oh, excuse me, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're children. Ah. Um, also, I, I did find it fun Mm -hmm. to kind of like, this movie is kind of like a play. Yeah. Um, originally it was a play. And it feels like it, especially at the ending. And it's kind of fun to just learn who everybody is Mm -hmm. and how, like, you know, what their relationship is to one another and also David. Yeah. And watching them, like watching Kenneth kind of be pissed off that, uh, Janet got invited and that mm-hmm. he's like, I, I don't, we, we had a thing back in the, whatever. <laughs> Everybody, the, the one thing that I, the, the dialogue in this movie it's is a little very dated. old. It's yeah, very, it's very, very old. It is that very much like 1920s kind of vibe of like, listen here, see? Yeah, it's almost there. Um, And again, I, I don't know, maybe people spoke like that. I just, I feel I'm, like nobody spoke I'm like that. I'm assuming so. I, I can't imagine too where it's like, we're like 80 like years from now and like they make a film about like present time now yeah, and and maybe the dialogue will be different where it's like i remember those days <laughs> it'd be really weird yeah um but i don't know it's just it is kind of strange one thing though that's really kind of cool about this movie that is unique is that although there are films that take place or excuse me there are films that do the you know one continuous shot mm-hmm. um a lot of time seems to elapse in those films. Like it's multiple, like in Birdman, it's multiple days. Yeah. Right. In 1917, which I don't know if you've actually ever seen that. I didn't get to yet. No, but that takes place, I believe over like a day and a half. Mm -hmm. This movie is very short. This movie's 80 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And the film takes place within those 80 minutes. Yeah. Like, it's not like, Oh, we've been having this dinner for now three hours or five hours. It is real time. Mm -hmm. So, you start and finish, and that that story is all concluded within eighty minutes in real time, mm-hmm. which I thought that was kind of an interesting thing because that's not usually the case. Yeah, with the the continuous shot ones. I mean, again, like it's just it it's done very very well. I think like there's only like one scene where it like cut cuts away and then it has to continue back as a continuous, but I you can't even really tell. Yeah, a lot of the times he basically just like pushes the camera into like somebody's jacket mm-hmm. or somebody like walks in front of the camera yeah. and then that's where the cut is and, and then, I, you know, and then they come back. Yeah, and I want to say too, like that was one of my favorite scenes in the film was when the camera got cut away. When when you're at like probably like the halfway point and the party is starting to like finish up and you're starting to get like these ideas where especially Rupert is starting to suspect that like, oh, maybe they did kill. And you have the point of literally Mrs. Wilson going back and forth, like taking stuff off of the chest and like, like trying to tidy it up. And then you just have the, the frame set on her. You see like the jackets on like the very right corner of like Rupert, Kenneth or uh, Rupert, Philip and Brandon, like talking to each other. 
but like you see like Mrs. Wilson and I I honestly felt like really kind of like tense from that. I was like I know that like nothing's going to happen but like I'm waiting. I'm waiting for her to like grab the books and then like yeah. put them in the chest. I and mean, it almost see. does happen, right? Exactly. She opens up the chest. Yeah, for like a split second and yeah. Brandon's like, "Oh no, 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 no. I got this." Yeah, yeah. He's like, "No, nah, well you could do that tomorrow." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh that is probably the most um tension building scene mm-hmm. and that's what hitchcock is really known for right yeah. is like he's the master of tension building um and suspense right mm-hmm. like that's really really what he's good at so i mean yeah that that scene is absolutely like hitchcock at his best oh yeah um also man this movie fucking moves mm-hmm. because because of the simple fact that it takes place in such a short period of time and the movie is only 80 minutes long like this movie, the pay, like it's just going and going yeah. and going. Like you don't really have time to, to digest anything. Well, you, I mean, you have time to digest. It's just you don't have time. There's no breaks. It's mm-hmm. just full, you know, pedal to the metal. Let's go, and uh, and you're just moving the entire time. the The one thing also that I thought was an interesting dynamic was the implication that Rupert is kind of the reason as to why they even did the murder in the first place. Yeah, because when you have, like, that whole speech about him basically saying, like, how murder is fine. It can be justified, yes. basically. And he talks about where it's like, oh, like, kill week or something like that. Yeah, which is basically like, just talking about the purge. Exactly. That's yeah. what I put in. I was like, whoa, this movie kind of yeah. predicted the purge a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, when he's just talking about that, like, you can really see, like, how passionate he is about that idea because he is, like, a philosopher, and in a sense, like as like a a teacher at the the college that they went right. to. I mean, he literally planted the idea mm-hmm. inside Brandon and Phillips' head mm-hmm. um, to do this, yeah. essentially. And, it, and it, then at the end of the movie, he's obviously like regrets it. Oh all, yeah, immensely. Yeah, like he realizes like what he's done. To right, because he is of... sort of partially responsible. Yeah. I would say so. For this. I mean, I would say that he is, right? Because, I mean, he's planting the, the seed, the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I thought that, that was kind of unique Yeah. for him to then also, you know, be the guy who discovers the body and then shoots out the window for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess. To get, like, the police. Yeah, because he attention. didn't want to shoot them. Like, it yeah. would have been, like, such a poetic justice, like, to shoot Brandon yeah. or Philip. Yeah. But, I mean, again, too, like, he kind of has, like, this, mo- like, monologue at the end, too, where it's like, oh, he realizes what he's done wrong and that his views were all just kind of, like, talk. Yeah. It wasn't actually, like, something that he would do. Yeah. Um, I have, like, minor gripes with the film. Yeah, me too. I didn't. I didn't understand Philip like at all. <laughs> well, so like, so like Philip and Mrs. Atwater, I just found like their performances like a little too over the top. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes in hand with like Philip where you didn't get him. Cause it's like, he's, he's supposed to be like the one that like murdered, but like is immediately regretting it and yeah. immediately is like scared that he's going to get caught. Yeah. But it's so over the top where it's like, it starts out subtle where he like makes a quick joke and then David's like, come on, reel yourself back in. Yeah. And then he like, you know, he grabs the champagne glass like too hard and like cuts his hand. Yeah. And then you have like the very quick scene, which I like too, where uh, they're using the metronome of Rupert basically asking without asking Philip while he's playing piano. Yeah. And it's just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's like he, he wants to ask him, but he doesn't have like enough of the material yet for yeah. it. And you can see like how Philip is just getting like 
so much overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. Even the chicken story. Like, he's just like, you're a liar. Yeah, that never yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, like, with him, it was just kind of like, again, had we come into this film not knowing who the murderer was, it'd be like, oh, my God, it's so fucking obvious. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't love the idea of making him so, like, on edge and skittish like i think they should have kind of reeled back a little bit yeah um it's just i don't know it didn't it didn't his performance and just his character in general didn't exactly land mm-hmm. i think brandon was great oh amazing like I he think... has like the slight kind of like oh when he when he starts getting spoken to and things might be bubbling up a little bit he kind of starts to stutter just a little bit mm-hmm. but overall he's pretty much you know cool yeah and i think like to me like it was a very reminiscent performance of to uh patrick bateman from american psycho like just very calm under pressure, very charming, very relaxed. Yeah. And then I like too, like he's smiling in the entire film. Like yeah. he's ma- he's so like charming and so witty. And then you get to the point where like Rupert comes back because he's like, oh, I forgot my my cigarette case air quotes. Right. And then that's the one point where he's not smiling anymore. Yeah. That's when it's like, oh, okay. Like, and he grabs the fucking gun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, oh, he realizes now that like, his plan of Rupert being the only person that might be able to solve this actually solved it. Yeah. One thing though, like that I maybe on a rewatch or maybe you, you do have the answer, but I don't know. I I also felt like there wasn't enough evidence pointing at them throughout the film to even make Rupert all that suspicious that they murdered him. Exactly. Like other than the fact of like, um, that, that whole scene of like, Rupert talking about murder and how it's okay and then Brandon being like so forward with it and so okay with it yeah like nothing else kind of like gives you that impression other than maybe like when again I said like the metronome scene where they're going back and forth and Philip like stops in his tracks when he sees the rope the thing is it's like but why did Rupert even get to that point yeah because again there hasn't really been many things that would I don't know like Again, if if we didn't if we weren't shown that murder in the beginning, mm-hmm. I would not be pointing at either one of them yet at that yeah. point in the film. I'd be like, it just seems like he's he hasn't shown up yet. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like he's I just mean? somewhere. Yeah. And so like they, to, to think that they did something clearly, both of them did something. It just made me kind of scratch my head a little bit to be like, huh? I don't know. I feel like we we got to the investigative part of this a little too prematurely. Yeah, and maybe that has something to do with the fact that it is all in real time. But I mean, even so, like it it kind of seems as if like Rupert's not a detective. No, he's like just he's a, he's, he's just a teacher. A, yeah, that's what he is. So it's like, why is he coming up with all of this so quickly? Yeah, I mean, like if we were at the party, we would have just been like, wow everybody's a little tense but mm-hmm. like that's it like yeah it's, it's like just no a... not murder has yeah occurred. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i get what you're saying like it, it there are like a couple of like nitpicky things with it yeah little things like i i wouldn't really say that this film is um you know particularly cinematic mm-hmm. like it's just it feels like a play yeah and it's just kind of you know just okay it's a camera it's, it pretty it almost feels like a television show mm-hmm. like the camera kind of generally stays in one area um there are some like cool tracking shots and stuff yeah, that i absolutely. that i thought were cool um but generally speaking like it almost, you kind of just feel like a fly on the wall and mm-hmm. you're just watching them on the couch talk yeah like even the ending when like you know rupert does find out and like grabs the gun away from philip 
yeah. which grabbing the gun scene took a little too long. Like it was like a good like thirty seconds of just like <laughs> wrestling for it. Yeah. But whatever. Um but it felt like a play like at the end when it's just literally Philip playing the piano, Brandon making a drink, yeah. Rupert sitting like with his shoulder on the yeah. chest. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that feels like it's a, a play ending. Right. Like roll the curtains up and then that's it. Yeah. Um which I wanna I, I kinda would wanna see like how this was performed like as a play. Yeah, I, apparently um the movie, which I kind of got in the in the beginning, and then it kind of t- tended to like fade away. Mm-hmm. Ironically, this is like the third film that we've done that has this kind of overtone of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess originally the guy who wrote it, um, I don't I don't know his name off the top of my head. I think his name was like I don't even know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. Not even um, gonna do it. The guy who like originally wrote the play, I guess it was supposed to be like there was supposed to be much more homosexual like tension and mm-hmm. homosexual tendencies between Philip and Brandon. And I kind of got a little bit of that yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, me too. Um, but I guess Hitchcock was like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. So he like cut that out completely. And I don't necessarily know if that would have really benefited the story mm-hmm. all that much for me, if that would have like added another layer, because I guess originally it had something to do with Rupert as well. Like mm-hmm. there was like some weird love triangle or something going on between them. Um, So I don't know. That that didn't particularly, I don't think, would have added much. No, I don't think so either. Because, like, like, even so, like, I got that, too. Like, a little bit of, like, the homosexual, like, tension between Brandon and Philip. Yeah. But you can also just easily put that to, like, oh, they're classmates. Like, it, it's very much... <laughs> well, <laughs> well <laughs> they could be gay or they could be classmates. <laughs> it's one know. or the other. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, where it's, like the way that it was filmed, it, it was just kind of, like, they're classmates. Like, they're not going any direction with it yeah like there's no real other like characteristics for like the both of them together yeah other than like their classmates yeah so i don't know it i don't i don't feel like it would have made like that much of a difference no i guess not and it all I, I, yeah i mean you know if it's in or if it's not in i don't think at the end of the day i don't think it would have benefited from either really way it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me um and then my really only other thing is i don't I, this is a, this is an interesting Hitchcock film to see mm-hmm. because um, it's definitely not birds. It's, it's def- not vertigo. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not the stereotypical what you expect from him, I guess. Uh, and again, like not nece- not very super cinematic. There's nothing crazy about the film that is mm-hmm. like wow, like so uh, incredible. Except for at the time, again, like the kind of one continuous shot thing. Um, so I, I don't know if this film really has that, like, rewatchability mm-hmm. that most Hitchcock films do. I mean, like, because of, like, the murder mystery aspect to it, anything like that, like a murder mystery film, it it very rarely has rewatchability to me. Yeah, once, um, you, once you know it, yeah. it's like, okay, I, I now know everything. The only time that, like, it really, really, maybe you want to rewatch it is, like, I now know who the killer is or I now know like how this whole thing yeah. happened. Now let me go back and rewatch it and see like the evidence again. And mm-hmm. like, like let, I want to try to piece it together to see like how we got there. Yeah. But also it's been like, like a good, like four years since I watched this film. So I completely forgot the fact that like they show you the murder in the beginning. Mm. So like, that's the only other thing where it's like with murder mysteries like this is like, you got to give yourself like years time frame to forget everything yeah 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 that's that's true because mm-hmm. yeah once you know you know so i don't really see myself going back to this movie 
ever, like, truthfully. <laughs> and it's not and it's not because it's a bad movie. It's not because I didn't enjoy it. It's just it's just kind of one of those movies that it's like I watched it, I saw it, mm-hmm. now, experienced, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, let me go north by northwest now, like yeah, you know, something else. Exactly. Because you know Hitchcock, I think, has done supremely better stuff than mm-hmm. this. I wouldn't call this a bad movie. I wouldn't say that this is even like a lower tier film for him. It's just not what I came for when I'm mm. when I'm expecting a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. But it's it's cool it is, to it's it cool different. to go back into his filmography and be like, oh, I've never even heard of this movie. Mm-hmm. Probably nobody has, like that's listening to this prior to, you know, when you recommended it and now listening to it, I would imagine. Um, because I go deep into directors mm-hmm. like filmographies and I definitely miss this one for sure. Um it's in, it was interesting. It was yeah. it, it was cool to see. Uh and it's cool to see a director it's like something that I always have an issue with is directors who like stay inside of like a comfort zone mm-hmm, like that bubble yeah so like wes anderson is like a good example mm-hmm. like wes anderson his most recent film the the, the french, french dispatch like that movie just feels like another wes anderson it, film the thing is it feels like so wes anderson <laughs> that i almost didn't even want to see it mm-hmm. because i'm like god like Give me something different, please. Yeah. Like, I like Wes Anderson movies. I think he's done some great films. Mm-hmm. And there are some, you know, in- incredible um, uh, films that he's made. But they're all quirky. Yeah. and They're, they're all, all that style. Yeah. So it's like, and that one, re- like, watching the fucking sets literally, like, come together on the screen. I'm just like, wow. I mean, like, wow, Wes Anderson, you really just... <laughs> are like super indulgent at this point where it's like, I think that we might need to kind of branch out a little Mm -hmm. bit, but it's also his style. And like, that's what he's known for. But so like going back and seeing this film and seeing like, wow, this is so different for, from a Hitchcock film that I'm used to. It's cool Mm -hmm. to see a director make that left turn. Yeah. Instead of just only doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's still, of course, like the great Hitchcock moments in there. Like, like the really good tension building, um, really snappy dialogue. Mm-hmm. The camera work is is really good. Mm-hmm. The um, only thing he didn't do was put himself in this one. Yeah, which he likes to do for like a scene. Right. Yeah. Um. So overall, I mean, yeah. Overall, I had a really good time with mm-hmm. it. Um. Eight and a half ropes. Yeah, I think so. A yeah, little I, twine I, that like. I kills. was gonna say about eight. Yeah. I, I I think I think it was um, I think it was a good watch, and I think that it was a, a deep cut that I never would have found probably. Mm-hmm. So. Did you take any themes away from it? Because like. This movie is a little hard, at yeah. least in my opinion, to, like, take away a theme from it. I mean, there is, like, a sense of, like, narcissism just from, like, the yeah. idea of, like, oh, you can get away with the murder. Yeah. Um, The idea of, like, survival of the fittest because that really is, like, what Brandon yeah, is kind of, like, I, I literally wrote down survival of the fittest, mm-hmm. which, which is basically what essentially they get to because they basically essentially get down to the point where it's, like, the reason why we murder or why the people who should get murdered Mm -hmm. should be the ones who are lesser than whether that is, um, you know, intelligence, money, whatever it may be, because all of these people seem pretty well off in this film. And, uh, obviously we don't know what's his name. The guy would get Brandon. We don't, we never see him besides getting choked out. Um, but he had a very nice suit on and Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So assuming that he was wealthy, it's just like, why we don't really, do they actually ever explain as to why they killed like the re like, was it because, so was it was it like a personal thing or was it no, actually no, no. just simply like we just wanted to see if we could get away with it? They literally killed David because they wanted to see if right. they could so get away it with was, it. So it wasn't even like a 
a philosophy thing where mm-hmm. it was like, oh, he's not as intelligent as us or whatever. It's and he's like out of out of our friend group, he's the one that's not going to amount to anybody or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. let's just kill him. Yeah. <laughs> like okay, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Which I mean, you could have done Philip. Yeah, yeah. Philip would have been the guy to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have killed Philip. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool though when Rupert put the hat on. Yeah, and then it had like the, had the, the DK on yeah, it. I was like, ah, that's mm-hmm. pretty like, good. Mm, now, now, that's the only thing really too where it's like, oh, now I'm right. suspicious. But he didn't notice it. No, he did. No, he didn't notice the hat. He put no. it on. He he saw that it wasn't like that. It, that it wasn't. Um, it was too small for him. But he was like so zoned out or whatever. That he just took the hat off and just gave it back to her. I don't think he actually even noticed the initials. No, he did because then they zoomed in right afterwards on it. Right, and then I that think was... that was showing us. I don't think that I don't think that he saw that. I would have I to go back I'm, and rewatch it. I'm pretty it. sure he saw it because that was the only reason why he came back up. Was because of the hat? Yeah. Did he Did he say that? No, because he, he never brought it back up again. No, he never he, he never opened he the closet. He didn't. But he was like, oh, I left my cigarette case here because he wanted to like ask them when nobody else was around. Then yeah, but I don't think he saw the hat, man. I'm pretty sure he saw the hat. I'm gonna rewatch that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't. So see you that. are gonna rewatch it <laughs> only for that scene, and then I'm gonna send it to you and be like, fuck you, I told you. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that he didn't. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Overall, I enjoyed it, and I think that it was um fun film. Yeah, it was a, it was definitely uh worth watching. Mm-hmm. So Zach. Frank, what are we doing next? Well, again, we're, we're not doing recommendations. I guess technically we are. The recommendation is, of course, to donate if you can. Anything helps, obviously. The links are going to be in the descriptions of the posts that we do. Um, so follow us on Instagram or Facebook because that's where those links will be posted. Um, and Zach. Yes. Zachary, Zachary, Zachary. Sorry, I fell asleep for a second. What are we doing next? Um, we are going to be doing... Since it's a classics week or mm-hmm. month, excuse me, we are doing classics versus cult classics. Mm. They both have the word classic in it. Yes. So obviously that means something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, now the fun begins. <laughs>